So you want to be a medium? Well, let Sharon share with you what it's like from the inside. Mediumship is an emerging craft and more and more people are claiming to be or wanting to be working with mediums. Sharon shares in detail the steps she had to take to begin her journey as an active working medium. So let's listen in and learn more. Hey everybody and welcome back to Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Don't forget before you leave the podcast today, first of all, thank you for tuning in. But before you leave the podcast today, remember at the end of it, I'm going to be pulling a card and today it will be something that just might interest you. So stick around uh, and listen up while I talk to you about something I get a lot of questions on. I get a lot of questions from people who are developing psychics, mediums, empaths, wondering, what is it like living in my world? What is it like? It's kind of fun because I finally found a way to try and explain it so that maybe you could understand. Now, most of you are familiar with virtual reality, I think, the concept of it anyways. And there's there's machines, little gadgets you can get now, electronic gadgets, that will help you go into virtual reality and they're called, well, the one I have is called an Oculus and they're a virtual reality machine. And you put this mask on thing, you bobby over your eyes and you hook in, it's hooked into apps and whatnot. Well, I have one and I was fooling around with it the other day and I decided to go to uh, National Geographic virtual reality because I love the animals and I, I was really curious to know how that would come across. I mean, I use it for, you can use the uh, rooms to do meditations in because they're so peaceful and calm. Like there's the crystal room and there's all these other rooms, but it literally takes you and transports you out of the world you're currently in into this virtual reality. So I was actually sitting on my sofa when I had this on and I decided to go to National Geographic. And I thought, I like elephants. I mean, they're big and huge and all that. I'm going to go to the elephant virtual reality episode that National Geographic has published. So I did. And I was transported immediately to this jungle scene where it appeared I was sitting on water and I can't see a boat around me. All I can see is the water. Uh, And it didn't matter where I looked on either side of me, I could see water and ahead of me. um, And so it was kind of a swampy, marshy area. And there's kind of this marshy sort of field looking area and then trees. And it's very, very realistic. Now, I know that it's virtual reality. I know I'm sitting on my sofa. okay, but the elephants started moving around me and they're moving in real time. They're moving real, like they're real. It's real. It's all real. It's National Geographic. One of the elephants that was leading this group all of a sudden started coming directly towards me, trumpeted, his ears were flapping. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get trampled. Oh my God. And my heart started to beat really fast. And I was like, holy, I'm going to get stomped on. Oh my God. And at the last second, the elephant kind of worked its way to the side of me and went right by me. And I turned my head and watched it, literally watched it walk by me. And if I looked up, I could literally see the under underside of its belly pretty much. It wasn't over top of me. It was beside me, but, and I was like, Oh, and I was just, Oh, this is just, this is amazing. 
And I stayed with it and I, I just kept watching. And then another elephant comes and it goes onto the other side of me. And then the reality switches. And now I'm in an area, again, close to water, and there's a, a shrubbery ahead of me in this clearing kind of between the water and the sh shrubbery. And I look to my right, and there's all these people that are on an elephant watch. And when I look to my side directly, I was in the middle of this group that were on this elephant watch. And everybody was being very still and very quiet. I mean, somebody would move once in a while, but it was all very real. I was very much there. And the text came up that the area that we were sitting in, we weren't aware that it was a migratory channel where the elephants would come to and cross and that the elephants had begun their migration. Out of the shrubbery in the trees ahead of us, the elephants started to come. And there's about 20 or 30 of these elephants. And they stopped. And they just surveyed all these people laying along the banks of this waterway. And sort of some of them swung their heads. And I just held my breath wondering, what were they going to do? And they slowly started ambling off in my direction, because I was on the left-hand side of this group. And... When they started coming in my direction, I thought, oh, wow, they came very close and they could, I could just, I could look right at them. I could look them right in the eye. And they went on right beside me again, off to my left side, all of them. And they crossed on that side of me. And my heart is beating again and I'm watching them. Now, this time it's a little more interesting. It's a little bit less intense or intimidating because of the experience I'd already had with the big old elephant first time, because now I'm seeing the babies and looking at the size of them in comparison to their moms. And they're really small compared to the grownups. And I'm watching the way that they're interacting with one another, et cetera, et cetera. When I came out of that experience, I was still sitting on my couch. That's what it's like to be a medium. Now, I don't know if that, I, I, just, I just got it. When I came out of that experience, I thought this is what people want to know. They want to know what is it I see when I go into visiting with spirit, when someone comes to me for a mediumship session. And it's not elephants, of course. I mean, maybe I'd see elephants if that was appropriate, but, but it's, I, because I'm clairvoyant, I see spirit and I see symbols and I see environments. I see various different things similar to the virtual reality machine. The interesting thing was when I first started working as a medium or actually wasn't working yet, when I first became active to my awareness as a medium, it was very similar. I was actually working in my massage studio on a client uh, who was a regular client. So it was a very uh, comfortable massage. I was, he was laying on his stomach and I was working on his calves and the room was very dim. It was a very Zen, soft music going. He was, I think, asleep. At least I thought he was. And I was very into the work that I was doing. And I glanced up and there was a figure standing at the head of the massage table. And I just blurted out, oh, there's somebody else here. And my client immediately said, describe him. At first, he said, what did you say? <laughs> and I repeated myself feeling kind of foolish. And then he said, describe him. And I, so I did. I described the gentleman that I was seeing standing at the head of the massage table. And as soon as I described him, he disappeared. 
And my client said, oh, that's a friend of mine who passed a few weeks ago. And I was just dumbfounded. And I was like, I don't do this. This isn't what I do. I do massage. I do Reiki. I do reflexology. Um, I do a little talk therapy, but I don't see people who have died. I don't do this. And immediately just tossed it and went, okay, that was freaky. Don't want that happening again. Okay, fine. And it scared me and my heart was beating and it was the same effect that I had when I had the big elephant coming straight towards me. It was the same intensity. It was the same kind of emotion. It was intimidating. It was, it was just overwhelming to some degree. So I, I carried on with my life. And then I had another client come in who wanted a, a reflexology session with her feet. We were helping her with her circulation and she was an older client. And she came and she sat on the a massage table and her husband was sitting in a chair beside me and we were yakking away. And then they started talking and I started focusing more on doing the reflex on her feet. And I glanced up. <clears throat> she asked me a question. She said, who do you see with me? Now you've got to remember, I'm not working as a medium at this point in time. I'm working as a psychic, but a lot of people don't know the difference between mediumship and psychic work, but I'm working only as a psychic. Anyway, I'm doing this and I'm not working at that point as a psychic. I'm working as a therapist. I'm working as a healer. And the talk therapy is the only psychic real part, as far as I could tell. Anyway, the healing aspect was where my energy was going. And when I Lugan, stop. There was a figure right beside her, a head of a woman right beside her when she asked me that question. So I described the woman's face. I said, she's, you know, she's older. She's got gray hair. Um, it described how it looked. And I, I said, she looks really unhappy and her eyes are quite milky. And she went, oh, and, and it just baffles me how nonchalant my clients are in this. And I'm the one freaking out. But she went, oh, well, that's my aunt. She passed during in cataract surgery. And as soon as she said that, this I'm looking at this lady's face. It cleared up. She had a big smile. She, her eyes cleared up and she disappeared. And it made it aware. I said, well, I think she wanted to say hi to you. <laughs> so then she said to me, well, I was really close to her. And she told me the story of her aunt. And again, it was similar to the experience, only it was a little bit less intimidating because I had had this happen before. I still didn't consider myself a medium. I still didn't want to connect with people who had died. I still didn't want to do that work. I was quite happy with what I was doing. But ultimately, over time, because this was many years ago, over time, my reality changed and I started doing mediumship work. And that's when I went to England and I started to understand what it was that I was doing, how to do it with focus and with discipline and with integrity. And the one thing that I had to overcome to be able to do the work was I had to overcome preconceived judgments and ideas that others were not worthy of their divine right to be here. I had to overcome judgment uh, and criticism of others. And I had to overcome judgment and criticism of myself. And when I'm in those spaces in time where I'm working with clients, I am not being judgmental. I'm in a pure light loving space. That's where I go when I do any healing work, any psychic work now, any mediumship work now. All the work I've ever done has been done from a place of pure love. And I realized that I was able to see and connect with those crossed over loved ones for my clients because I was working from a place of pure love at that time. And it opened the door for them to be able to come through and my abilities showed up. 
And so when I went to England, it was really, I was really thinking that I was going there to overcome the fear of doing mediumship work because I just was terrified. I didn't want to do it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, like, am I going to run into demons? Is there such a thing? I didn't really believe in demons, but I didn't know. And I, I mean, I, anyways, I, I, there was so much I didn't know that I, I needed teachers and tutors that were active in the field of mediumship. So therefore I went to England and went to school and trained and learned. And one of the things that came through very clearly was that I was really afraid. And one of my tutors asked me about the fear. He says, why are you so afraid? And I said, because I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to come through. So we went for a walk and he said to me, he said, Sharon, when you're doing any mediumship work, now you got to remember, I'm still a student at the college. Uh, this is my first time there. And I'm literally immersed in mediumship work while I'm there. And it's new to me still, but it's more comfortable every time we do. I, every time I do another connection with another crossover loved one, it's more and more comfortable. I had to get used to it. And um, he said to me, he said, who's in charge? When you're doing your mediumship sessions, who's in charge? And I didn't know. I said, I don't know who is in charge. Always thinking less of myself and more of spirit, thinking I was the smaller one, spirit was the bigger one. I was the less dominant, spirit was the more dominant. I always had that in my head that uh, the, these energies had more power than I had. And he corrected me because I basically, he dug for an answer. Finally, I said, spirit. He says, you are the medium. You are the one that's in charge. You are the one who opens the space for it to be safe and clear for you and spirit to connect so you can deliver method messages to loved ones from them. You are the medium. You're in charge. And you don't have to be afraid. And I said, yeah, but can just anybody come through? And he said, as long as you hold a loving heart, pure intention, and you stay in integrity, be honest with your work, it will always be a clear, pure, pure light, pure love, and all-knowing experience for you and for your clients. There is nothing to be afraid of. So when I came back home, I didn't go right to work right away as a medium. I, I really actually went right to work right away as a psychic because I previous to that was doing Reiki and all those healing arts. And went back again to England and took another course. And, and I did that three or four times. And eventually, over time, became confident enough to be able to do mediumship and found that when I was opening that door of pure light, pure love and all knowing to spirit and asking for spirit to join us in our sessions, that I was able to connect really easily, very easily. And it was becoming clearer. I was getting clearer messages. I was getting stuff that there is no way I would know. I mean, there was no way that I would have known that information. Even in some cases, my client didn't know the information and they had to go back to other loved ones. And it was validated from there. For example, a gal that came through, uh, came to see me and her it was our grandfather, I think. I don't remember the readings much after the fact, but her grandfather, I think it was his, that came through. And he was wearing some particular colors and he was 
I, I believe he was a pilot in the war, one a, a war. And she didn't know anything about him. She didn't know anything about his life or what he had done. And it was her father's father. And so when she went to her father and told him about her experience with me, he, he validated for her that he was a pilot during the war and that there was the colors he was wearing in the uniform were the army that he represented. And I can't remember which country he fought for, but it wasn't Canada. But the colors were unusual to me. And they were the colors of that country of the uniforms that they were wearing as, as pilots. And, but I, because I was working, because I do all my work always with integrity through pure light, pure love and all knowing, I'm able to receive this information. But you wanna remember that when I went into the virtual reality world of the elephants, I didn't have any, I was there with my full intellectual aspect. I wasn't checking my intellect out and my intuition in. And holy crap, I was so scared. I'm sitting on my couch, pretty sure I'm going to get trampled by an elephant. But my couch became irrelevant. This world that I currently reside in became irrelevant. It didn't matter anymore. What mattered was the world I was experiencing. My whole body, my mind, everything about me was reacting to the elephant world that I was in. And now it was, I look at it and it was amazing. It was so amazing, but it reminded me so much of when I first got into mediumship and first started working as a medium. Now, many of you realize, and you know, that all mediums are psychic, not all psychics are mediums. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's, you come with certain developed abilities. I don't know what it is, but I have worked to develop my consist consistently to develop my mediumistic skills because I like now the work that I do. I love being able to help the clients that come to me. I love sharing messages from spirit, but more than that, and I got to tell you more than that, I love the, I love going into what would be considered the virtual reality of spirit and seeing the colors, seeing the world, being exposed to spirits experience, the experience there so that I can actually see what they're doing and what they've got going on and where they are. And, but it's so vivid and clear and joyful. And it's just so wonderful that everything is peaceful and calm and and beautiful. And that is exactly what it would be like if I was probably one of those people that went on an elephant walk and I was really knew what I was getting myself into. And the elephants came out of the woods and I, what they were, you know, I'm laying on this ground. Everybody's laying on the ground to not be intimidating, I'm assuming. And uh, it, it was exactly Initially, when I got into the work, it was exactly how I felt then. I know that I can go now more into virtual reality on this game, this Oculus 2, and I can actually enjoy it more because it compared so much to the emotional reaction I had to the first time I actually did mediumship, which turned out, by the way, to not be the first time I did mediumship. Mediumship really evolved for me from a childhood event. Uh, I was a medium, active medium as a child. I was seeing spirit all the time, but I shut it down and did, didn't remember any of it because of the disapproval I met with from my significant others, um, from my adult group around me. So for those of you 
one of the things that's really essential, I have a lot of people that want to be trained. They want to be mediums. They want to be psychics. And I am happy to help you evolve into your higher best self, highest best self, because it's your highest, best, most enlightened self, empowered self that carries the energy of psychic work and your abilities as a clairvoyant or a clairaudient, clairgostant, clairsentient, claircognizant, whatever your, where your strength lies. But if you are not coming from a loving place, if you come, if you go into this experience and you have an expectation, I never go into a medium session with expectation ever. And I tell my clients that I don't know what's going to happen, but let's go. And once I, once I, that'll happen, I just raise my energy. And there's a technique I learned in England that you use in meditation that I use in meditation. And it's really something that I don't know how to teach very well. I learned to do it while I was in meditations there, but nobody showed me how to do it. It was just something that happened for me because I became fearless and I became peaceful and calm and I became empowered and more enlightened and aware that what I was doing was okay. So when people come to me and they say, well, I want to be a medium, I want to work as a medium, or they say they have medium, I can ask somebody two or three questions when they come to me and they tell me that they are having medium experiences, I can ask three or four questions and I can know, is it their ego that's talking to them or are they really truly tapping into spirit? I know immediately, I can tell, and it's the way they answer the questions. You have to be out of yourself. You have to be out of your intellect. Your brain needs to stop. Your brain doesn't have an emotion in it. Your brain is not an emotional being energy form. It's a knowledge base. And the only point of reference for the brain or for mediumship is that it is a point of reference for the medium to be able to say, this reminds me of what and go there so that you can translate the messages. But over time, that becomes so fast. You don't even realize that your intellect and your intuition are actually working together because your intuition is so much more dominant. You really are working in spirit with spirit. So it's real important. And I don't I don't pull any punches too. Um, there's people that come to me for coaching. And um, as you know, I'm a psychic life coach and, and I love teaching people to develop their abilities and become more empowered and more enlightened, less judgy, less critical and kinder to themselves and the world around them. But when people want to be developed as psychic mediums uh, and, and they come to me and that is their request very often, it's uh, difficult for me unless I've been able to go through an hour session with them. I need to be able to see, are they coachable? A lot of people that come with a desire like that, they're not really coachable. I didn't come to this with a desire that started as a desire. I came with experiences that started and forced me to go to a place where I would get taught and guided and directed. I could be guided so that I wouldn't be so afraid. Um, but arrogance is not the same thing as knowledge. And arrogance has no place in mediumship work. Uh, and desire or expectation for financial return has no place in mediumship work. Do I charge? Of course I do. I charge a fee for all my services because it's my job. This is what I do. But it is a moot point and irrelevant when it comes to the work. The work is secondary or, or primary. The money is secondary. It's just a byproduct of the work I do. 
the great joy that it brings clients and that it brings me is primary as well. So you have to know what's my motive. What is your motive when you want to develop? What is your intent? What is your purpose? What is it you want to do? How is it you want to move forward? And who are you serving and why? What is your purpose? Why do you want to do what you're doing? And so that I wanted to share with you. <laughs> and if there's a run on virtual reality machines out there, I'll know you're listening to my podcast, you guys, because I got to tell you something. It was the most amazing experience. And it allowed me again. You know, sometimes you have that first experience and you don't get a chance to relive that first experience again. It gave me that chance to relive that first experience again. It was just, it was amazing. It was wonderful. And I just appreciate the elephants so much and my very fast beating heart that was totally intimidated by the whole process. Okay, since we were talking about elephants and this was really about me visiting the National Geographics, I'm going to do the animal cards. I was going to do a different deck. And then I, as I was doing this uh, podcast, I realized that's not, I want to do the animal cards. So I'm going to pull the animal card and I'm going to do it intuitively for you today this is your message until the next podcast and we got the platypus <laughs> the platypus says stop complaining and focus your attention on the blessings in your life are you complaining don't complain focus on the blessings in your life pure light pure love all-knowing talk to your higher self enjoy the fact that you're spiritual in a physical reality this is a physical reality it is a virtual reality for spirit just like the oculus is a virtual reality for me have fun out there folks and enjoy your lives and enjoy your days it's turning into a beautiful beautiful summer take care and until next time be safe bye-bye for now Thank you for listening to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. If you love listening to this podcast, we have one little favor to ask you. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you love learning from Sharon, well, she's got a few great courses that are ongoing. Why don't you register for Kitchen Witchin? It's on now. All you have to do for more information is go to kitchenwitchin.ca. Or if you'd like to book an appointment with Sharon for a reading, or if you'd like to know more about Sharon, her psychic services, coaching sessions, and more workshops, go to SharonRose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. We'll talk to you next time.